Welcome to the Wild and Free podcast, episode 16. I'm Ainsley Arment here with Tina Ingold, and today we're talking about why we love going on spontaneous getaways with our families. And we also talk about our own personal journeys for homeschooling. So grab a cup of coffee and join us on the front porch. Let's get started. On Spundle, on Journey, I don't know. It got me excited just reading the different articles. Oh, yeah, I know. I thought it was such a good one, but mm. I just love all the content and the ideas that came out of it. Well, you know this, that we thrive on spontaneity. So reading it made me excited for even summer journeys and different plans that we have. Sometimes when we plan things out, our family has this level of expectation. And when that expectation isn't met, we feel really defeated. So I think our families learn that we function best if we just fly by the seat of our pants. And sometimes those are some of our best memories and journeys that we've taken are just been more spontaneous. We definitely plan trips and getaways because I think if you don't plan them, sometimes it does time gets away from you and you don't do it. And they're still memorable and there's something to it. But I think you're right. Some of our favorite getaways and trips have been super spontaneous and um, even last year we just decided the week of to get in the car and drive six and a half hours down to Mount Airy North Carolina Mm. Ben grew up watching the Andy Griffith show and just (laughs) loves it like it's such a part of his childhood and he got our boys hooked on it they watch an episode in the evening sometimes so they have an Andy Griffith festival every year in Mount Airy which is what Mayberry is based after that little town Mm -hmm. I mean the whole town is just focused on this I mean there's reenactors there's parades they have some of the original cast members come and it's a really big deal but it's so funny it was so random that we just decided to do that and I thought okay I'll just go along for the ride you know Andy Griffith wasn't a huge part of my childhood yeah I mean, Ben found this working farm for us to stay on. They taught us about the land and Mm. we got to stay in this amazing cabin that they had just built brand new. And I mean, we were some of the first people to stay in it. We went hiking in the mountains and we Mm. got to climb Hanging Rock, which is where I used to climb a lot when I was in college. It just ended up being one of the best weekends and everything just seemed to go perfect. You know, like the kids were in great moods and sometimes you plan this amazing expensive vacation and the kids complain the whole time and you're like, I can't believe I spent all this. Yes, exactly. Right. But when there's not that level of expectation, yeah, it seems like it just flows. Yes, and maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe it's the lack of expectation, but it feels like everything goes really well. And they're already talking about it. We can't wait to go back this year. We want to go back. And I'm really the festival, but they're so excited about it. That's really (laughs) cute. Yeah. A couple years ago, it was kind of a similar situation. Well, I just was getting really antsy to get out of town. I think I feel that way around October ish when school in full Mm, swing mm -hmm. but it's not quite the holidays yet so I'm just ready for a little break and then I feel that way again in March when we've been cooped up all winter and I just yeah this was in the fall a couple years ago I told Jared I texted him and I said I'm just wanting to get out of town let's go up to Lake Michigan which is only about four hours away 
And he's like, okay, I'll think about it. And then he got home and he said, all right, everybody pack up. Let's go to Florida. And I thought he was joking, what? but he was completely serious. So we all... You guys packed. are up in Indiana. Yes, so we're in Indiana. Crazy. Yeah. So that's a long drive, but it was so fun. So of course the kids were so excited. We all packed our stuff. I think we were on the road in a couple hours and we just stopped when it felt right to stop. And we Google searched places to eat and, you know, go to on the way. And it was so fun. But I really think the reason it was so fun is because we were all together. There's an article in the newest Journey Bundle. It's by Lindsay Daigle. It's called Reclaiming Family Day. And Mm -hmm. she says in there, these days are beautiful, not because of weather or activities, but because we're together. And I thought that was so sweet. And that's just how I viewed it too. You know, our kids, sometimes I try so hard to create these perfect, beautiful memories for my kids. But I really think what they're going to remember as they grow up is just us doing things together as a family and just, you know, loving each other and enjoying Mm -hmm. that time together. There are several things I didn't know about my husband, Ben, when we got married over 17 years ago. One worth mentioning is that when he was growing up, he loved The Andy Griffith Show. It premiered in the 1960s, 18 years before he was even born. But somehow, he discovered and watched all of the reruns. And I mean all of them. There isn't a single episode he hasn't seen. For Ben, the show wasn't just entertainment. It was a community of quirky, lovable characters who made up the fictitious town of Mayberry, North Carolina, a place he felt he belonged. Andy, what is it with women? They got some kind of a rule they can't be happy unless they're causing trouble. Oh, I wouldn't worry about it, Barney. She'll simmer down. And then there'll be all the fun of making up and hugging and kissing and then another falling out and more hugging and more kissing. Look at it like this. See, you're just practicing up for married life. Boy. <laughs> This is practicing up for marriage. I'm going to study up to be a hermit. I'm through with women, Andy. I've had it. As far as I'm concerned, you can take every blamed female in the whole world and put them on a slow boat to China. Hello, Deputy Fife speaking. Well, hi, Melissa. Andy, Opie, Barney, Aunt B, Gomer, they all became such an important part of his life that he's always wanted our kids to love them, too. So one weekend last summer, he coaxed all of us into the car for a spontaneous trip away. He took us to Andy Griffith's hometown of Mount Airy, North Carolina, for the annual Mayberry Days Festival. It's where 50,000 fans from all over the country gather to celebrate the show and pay homage to the town that gave birth to it all. Old police cars drive around town playing the Andy Griffith theme song over their loudspeakers. Surviving members of the show are paraded down Main Street for all to see, and reenactors walk around town impersonating characters from the show. Ben was like a kid again. This is Floyd the Barber taking notice of his hair. I'll admit, crowds and parades aren't really my thing. But something bigger happened on this trip that gave me a renewed hope for our family. We hiked up Hanging Rock National Park and played under waterfalls. We explored a creek for arrowheads at the site of an old Native American village. And we had our own close brush with Bigfoot as we went off-road in our minivan. Yes, that Bigfoot. I just heard someone yell. Oh, no, no, right. It's the video. Turn the video off, please. Scare the crap out of me. 
Turns out, this trip wasn't just about Andy Griffith. It was about being together and creating memories that our children would never forget. This life is about so much more than what we do. It's whom we do it with that matters. And it's not the destination we're seeking. Joy is found in the journey. our talk and thinking about this whole idea of journey, I just started Mm. thinking my homeschooling journey actually begins before even I pulled Wyatt out of school. You know, that stirring within me. I talk about that sometimes and even shared about it in the opening of the journey bundle, just about how I put Wyatt on the bus for kindergarten and I was so proud of him and he did so amazing. And But I still remember the moment I saw the light go out in his eyes. And so I shared about that in the journey bundle. Mm -hmm. But as I was writing it, I realized that my homeschooling journey began years and years ago, Mm. back when I was a child. And it was really neat to reflect on that. So yeah, I'd love to hear about how you got into it. Because even though you've been doing it from the beginning, yeah, yeah. Um, what was the catalyst? I mean, what was that stirring in you? Well, really, the main two things that I always tell people are the togetherness. I just wanted our family to be together and have these life experiences together. And the freedom, I knew there would be so much freedom in that, you know, not waking up at a certain time, putting the kids on a bus, going to pick them up. All that was really confusing in my mind. And so I just wanted the freedom to go and do as we please and just live a really unhurried lifestyle. So those were my two poles. And yes, I've learned so many things on this homeschooling journey and really just life in general journey. But some of the things that I've really learned through this are just to love my kids with an unconditional love. Being together constantly, Mm -hmm. I mean, 24-7, I'm with my kids, you know. So just really learning about them has been so interesting, you know, their faults and the things that they're good at. It's been challenging and it's been interesting, but just showing them love through all the different stages and parts of them has been has been really good. And also instilling truth in them. I love that I'm able to do that. Just constantly affirm them and instill truth. I know I've shared this with you personally, but my absolute favorite life verse is um, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So being able
able to really talk those things through, you know, if my son's struggling with something, well, is that true? You know, are the thoughts Mm -hmm. that you're thinking, are those true? And, you know, is that lovely? Is it admirable? Being able to kind of pull those things out of my kids has been really great. And then one more thing I want to share is just making life awesome. There's another story in here. It's written by Stephanie Reed. I love her. She's Auburn Soul. Five Ways to Find Your Rhythm. I just wanted to read a short paragraph that she wrote. She said, two years ago, our school days were, well, boring. We were just checking off the list. Math, check. Spelling, check. Dying of boredom, check. I decided to do a little experiment. We decided to ditch the books for one month and focus on making school awesome. We called it the awesome experiment. If at the end of the month, my kids could no longer read, write, or do basic math, then we would go back to our boring life as before. Well, our month of awesome paid off and the kids were thriving. We all got the little jump start we were in need of and we learned that learning happens beyond worksheets and textbooks. Learning happens in life. (laughs) I love that. I love that. (laughs) The idea of homeschooling can feel so daunting when I hear from moms, they just want assurance that they can do it. They don't need a prescription like here's how you do XYZ, but they want affirmation that they can do it. And I think one of the ways that I encourage them is just to give it a try. You know, what is the worst thing that can happen? You know, (laughs) just give it a try. And I love Mm -hmm. Stephanie's article on her awesome experiment Mm -hmm. because she was already planning to homeschool, but she just decided to experiment with ditching the books and Mm -hmm. seeing what happened and making homeschooling fun again and bringing back that sense of wonder and excitement towards learning. And it changed Mm -hmm. the whole trajectory for her homeschooling journey. Yeah, exactly. Hey everyone, we have one more spot available at our Wild and Free Family Camp this August in the beautiful Buena Vista, Colorado. This is your last chance to join 40 other Wild and Free families from all over the country for an unforgettable weekend together. Speaking of spontaneous adventures, why not decide right now to make this summer the best one ever? Your family will get your own cozy private room in the main lodge. We'll enjoy family-style meals together in the dining hall. We'll have thrilling adventures on the ropes course and late-night talks under the stars. To find out more, visit bewildandfree.org slash familycamp. And Ainsley, I love your story. It's one of my favorites and it really was so inspiring to me when I first read it. It makes me cry every time I I hear it or read it. It's just, it's so inspiring. But I would love to know more about your story or even your upbringing. I don't know. Were there some things in your upbringing that made you decide that this was the direction you wanted to go? Yeah, I think so. I don't think that it was a conscious thing then. In fact, I, Mm -hmm. as a parent, never thought that I would homeschool my children, mostly because I didn't know anybody that homeschooled. and didn't have that positive influence in my life. And, you know, and Wyatt's story is that I just kind of sensed that the light had gone out in his eyes and I wanted to restore that sense of wonder and excitement in him again. So mm-hmm. I brought him home. But yeah, so I realized over the years and just even kind of reflecting this year, even though we just concluded our sixth year of homeschooling, mm-hmm. I started reflecting on my childhood a little bit and realized that so much of what I want for my own kids stems out of my childhood. There's a lot from my childhood that was good and that I want to 
just reclaim in my kids' lives because mm-hmm. I feel like it's lost in today's culture. Some of those things are spending time in nature. I spent so much time in nature mm-hmm. in my early, early childhood. We grew up in West Point, New York. It was a really small community, but I was surrounded by nature. And I just remember spending so much time out there and having time to think and be in my imagination and play and explore. And that was amazing. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of things that I think I want to redeem from my childhood. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with as the years went on and I started going to school for longer days, I didn't thrive in school. I felt a little lost. It was big. I'm a super introvert. Mm-hmm. I felt overwhelmed a lot. I felt stressed out. I felt anxiety about going to school nearly every single day. And I mean, I did okay in school, but I remember getting lost in my imagination a lot in class and then being called on and not knowing the answer and the teacher humiliating me or making me feel mm-hmm. silly. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of closed up and came even more, uh, and not more introverted, but just not wanting to share and open up myself to outside world, I don't remember ever feeling encouraged that I was smart or that I could learn well. Mm -hmm. And it made me feel like I couldn't, you know, that other kids were smarter than me and that I didn't track with the class very well. Around middle school, kind of as a coping mechanism, I started to act out. I started to get in trouble for socializing in class. I think it was a coping mechanism. So I wouldn't be, my thing wouldn't be that I didn't know the answer or I think it had a lot to do with my home life. My parents were going through some struggles and we weren't aware of all of them as kids. And by the time I was in the eighth grade, my parents were getting divorced. Mm -hmm. And it came as a shock to us kids, you know, because we knew that our parents struggled in some areas, but it wasn't something that we thought was on the table. And it came as a little bit of a shock to my mom as well. So she went through a mourning process. I was just kind of becoming a young adult. So I think I just started to grow up really, really fast and probably much faster than I would want my own child to grow up in the eighth grade, being very independent and separate from both my parents parents. My Mm -hmm. dad ended up moving away and my mom was still grieving and getting over the separation and divorce. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And how old were Um, you? It was right around my 13th birthday. So I think about my son, Wyatt, who just turned 13. Mm -hmm. And I think, oh my goodness, just the things that I was doing at that age and what my parents were just so uninvolved in, it kind of grieves me because I can't imagine that being the case with Wyatt. Mm -hmm. And I just really craved togetherness. I craved being with families that were together. So Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time at other people's homes, just kind of soaking in their family time, even if they had problems, you know, it was just Mm -hmm. kind of fun that they were together and they loved each other and had fun together. I love that you shared that story because I feel like a lot of people can really relate to that. I feel like sometimes I struggle with an opposite fear and it's creating this perfect world for my kids. You Mm -hmm. know, I do want to create a really great childhood for my kids and, and my husband and I are happily married and I love him and I want our kids to see how much we love each other other, you know, but also I do think creating this perfect world for them is a little bit unrealistic in the real world where it could be setting them up for getting hurt, you know, so I Mm. have to really consciously think about teaching our kids certain things, you know, I want to teach them the value of working hard. I mean, daddy has to work really hard for the things that we have, you know, because they don't always see that they're just seeing the fun that we get to be having and we're reaping the benefits from my husband working so hard. Right. Yeah. So that and teaching them how to handle 
those situations where there might be confrontation or they may not always be liked, you know, like right now Mm -hmm. they are so well loved. And even when we go and hang out with friends, all their friends like them, you know, but when I was growing up in public school, there were lots of girls who didn't like me and I was treated really poorly, you know, at different stages of life. Of course, junior junior high is rough. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it is, you know, and for my kids not to experience that is really strange, you know, to me. I want them to be really aware of that, you know, that you may not always be like, and here's how we can handle that, you know, or even showing them impoverished areas of town or I don't know, signing us up as a family to work in a homeless shelter just so that they can really see that there's hurt around us and get a glimpse of some of the not so perfect parts Mm -hmm. of life. I think that's all really important for our kids who are growing up in this homeschool culture that's quote unquote perfect, you know, obviously it's not. Yeah, being a privileged family in America, being able to homeschool and, Mm -hmm. you know, we, you know, we run businesses as well and I'm doing both at the same time, but it's such a privilege to be able to be home with them the majority of the time and homeschool and be with them that I do think sometimes we worry as parents, like are our kids being too sheltered? Are Mm -hmm. they, do they not know the realities out there? And I think there is a balance there. And I think especially serving and just having a broader perspective of the world around them Mm -hmm. is super important. And we can definitely find ways to infuse that. But something that might encourage you, Tina, because it's been encouraging to me Mm -hmm. and maybe other moms listening, there's a book by Michael Medved called Saving Childhood. Mm -hmm. And I think it was written in the 90s. But he goes on to talk about how we are living in an age where it's all about preparation. He calls it the preparation model, Mm -hmm. where we had gone from hundreds of years of raising children in what he refers to as a protection model, where we saw that childhood was something to protect and preserve. Mm -hmm. And suddenly we are in this preparation model where they have to be ready at three to go into preschool. So you have to work with them at home to go to preschool. And then you have to work in preschool because they have to be ready for kindergarten. It's all about preparing them for what's next, Mm -hmm. rather than trying to preserve this small window of time called childhood to allow them to grow at their own pace. Protecting childhood is important because everyone needs a distinct time of experiencing security and of cultivating wonder and Mm. optimism. And so I think like what you were saying with how everything sometimes seems so perfect in your family, like I think that's an amazing gift you're giving your kids when they're younger. As you already know, our new Journey Bundle is available right now. You'll find so much inspiration from Nature Journaling with Kristen Rogers and a book club about Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim by Rainey Harrison to a special section on the Waldorf-inspired main lesson books by Jennifer Naraki, along with a tutorial for making lavender sachets by Rachel Kovac. She also includes a hand-stitching primer to help your little ones learn how to sew. Also, as an exclusive podcast offer, if you become a subscriber by this Friday, June 16th, you'll be able to download a special Father's Bundle on Sunday. To become a subscriber, visit bewildandfree.org slash bundles. Well, do you know, uh, do you know the author L.R. Nost? She's no. the author of Gentle Parenting Through the Ages, but she okay. wrote in her book, it's not our job to toughen up our children to face a cruel and heartless world. It's our job to raise children who will make the world a little less cruel and heartless. And I love that because it's so true. I think there is this mentality that the world is really harsh out there. You know, culture mm-hmm. is rough and we should prepare our kids for that. And even though there is that balance, innocence doesn't mean ignorance. You know, it's not yeah. about mm-hmm. not knowing what's out there. 
there, but it's more just having an, a childlike heart. And I think that as yes. parents, mm-hmm. you know, we can model that childlike heart for our kids in so many ways by having a sense of wonder about life and just coming at life with joy and optimism and giving them those feelings because it brings security to them. In regards to my childhood, there's definitely things I want to reclaim and, and give my kids that I experienced. And then there's other things that I want to redeem. And some of the things that I want to reclaim is that we make the most of our time together, that I mm-hmm. give them, you know, all this time in nature and time to develop a sense of who they are in the world, allowing them to learn and grow at their own pace and also mm-hmm. creating family rituals just to give that childlike security, you know, and for us, that's yeah. traveling, it's beach trips, it's beach picnic nights, and it's reading mm-hmm. aloud at bedtime. It's all these things that just create little family rituals that they can look back on and know that and remember that we did together all the time. Something else that Medved says in that book is they're Jewish, so they observe a Sabbath. And that's just one day that Mm -hmm. they set aside for rest. But whether you're spiritual or not, what I love that he said is that by having a Sabbath or a day of rest, and you don't have to call it that, of course, but it forces you to differentiate between what is urgent and what is important. Mm -hmm. And those are his words. It's almost like Lindsay Daigle's article that you were talking about, about reclaiming Mm -hmm. family days. They don't call them weekends. They count down to family days so that um, they're Mm -hmm. looking forward to spending time together and just focusing on each other and not on anything else. So, and I was so intimidated to homeschool in some ways because I grew up going to college preparatory schools and my father was a professor, an English professor, and just really academic. And I've come to realize that even though I really respect that and I strive to grow in that every day for myself, I've just realized that our children don't need more of our knowledge and our intellect. Mm-hmm. You know, they need mm-hmm. they need more of our time and they will grow with our love love more than just our amazing language skills and mm-hmm. awesome math Yeah, abilities. that's what I think I shared this maybe on another podcast, but just being quiet more, mm-hmm. you know, because I am so quick to give the kids the answers or, you know, I want them to know how smart I am, you know, but yeah, if I can just be quiet and let them figure out things for themselves and just kind of facilitate their learning, you know, and not necessarily give them all the answers, but I think you're exactly yeah, right. about being a guide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a guide. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down what you said, preserving, not preparing. Mm-hmm. I, I really love that idea of preserving our kids' childhood. That's so important for them right now. And one of the reasons that we chose to homeschool right. is to preserve that childhood. Yeah, I, I mean, homeschooling is so much more than just the end result. And that's why we're talking about journey because joy is found in the journey. There's some exciting things coming to Wild and Free this August. To be the first to know, sign up for our mailing list the link at the bottom of our website, bewildandfree.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but join us next week for the Wild and Free podcast. Mm-hmm.